We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everyone, to the Tuesday edition of the RotoWire NFL podcast. Of course, we're talking waiver wire pickups. Did you lose Mike Williams? We got you covered with a few wide receivers and a few of the pickups uh, ahead of at least the week four deadlines for a lot of people. Let's go ahead and uh, we'll hit the music. Again, welcome everyone to the Tuesday edition of the RotoWire NFL podcast. Of course, I'm Joe Bartle. You can follow me on Twitter, JB Fantasy Sports, alongside me. As always, Jake Lutarski at Roto Jake. Week three, done. Uh, double whammy in the Monday Night Football games. Almost done. We have week 14 to go for that. Uh, yes, I thought, I thought we were header. done with the double headers, but we were reminded at, at HQ just before stepping in. We have one more in week 14 that happens to feature our Packers. So a few more of these to look forward to. Yeah, thankfully we didn't have a gruesome injury on Monday Night Football this go around. Uh, there was one pretty significant injury, but overall I think the week four waiver wear is going to be a little bit tame relative to the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we always do, I want to talk a little bit about the Monday, the Monday Night Football game. So we had the dual game between Eagles, Buccaneers, and then Rams, Bengals. Uh, it's almost like the NFL gods knew this was going to be a boring evening because neither team really was scoring all that much. The Eagles come away with a pretty convincing win over Baker Mayfield and uh, the Buccaneers. And uh, Joe Burrow, he did end up playing, suited up. The game got mm-hmm. close, but it finally was a get-right game for Jamar Chase and that offense. Yeah, it was get-right games for both of the top wide receivers playing Monday night. I mean, A.J. Brown technically had his best statistical game of the year. And, of course, Jamar Chase, you know, had his had his best game of the year. And the secondary options kind of disappeared on both teams, respectively. T. Higgins was dropping balls. Um, you know, Devontae Smith uh, was, was pretty much a non-factor. But, you know, in that first game, the Eagles were in control essentially the entire time. The Jalen Hurts QB sneak remains unstoppable. And um, DeAndre Swift is making the Lions front office look a little silly. The Lions whole everything looking a little silly. Um, but, uh, yeah, oh, the other thing I wanted to note is that, uh, you know, we were very into that, in tune to that backfield slip and fill or split in Philly, right? Um, Swift got 16 carries and Gainwell got 14, but Swift was far more effective here. So I think that's the guy that, uh, I mean, th- that, that's your guy to own, of course, and, and play and target, uh, either the rest of the season there. Um, you know, we can take, I'll, maybe I'll take the L on Gainwell, but I, I I'm willing to bet that there's going to be a couple good Gainwell games, you know, the rest of the year, it's going to be something where they just, uh, handing the ball off and he scores twice at the goal line one of these weeks, you know, uh, you know, that kind of thing will happen here. But, um, 
But yeah, the, the, the Eagles game was pretty uh, one-sided for most of the way. Uh, I, I had here that A.J. Brown, I think, is fourth in in terms of receivers in most targets without a touchdown. Hmm. Can you guess oh, number one? <laughs> number one's in our comment section. I'll, I'll give it because we don't. Uh, but it's Chris Olave. He has he has the most targets without a touchdown. Um, yeah, he so. almost scored a couple times against the Packers uh, on Sunday too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The it's interesting. We had waiver wire darlings both Puk Nakua from Week One and Kyron Williams post Week One that were not able to really get going against the Bengals. Puk Nakua mm-hmm. had been injured. And it, there was some question, maybe he was going to play, maybe not. Obviously, he did end up suiting up. It was fine. I mean, like, from a waiver wire pickup, which was universally available in most leagues, you're, you're happy with the production he got in the full-point PPR format. But it wasn't like the 15 targets that he got, and that's kudos a lot to the Bengals' pressure that they put on. I actually uh, put it out in the article that we posted later today, uh, my big betting sheet where I talk about every spread. I, I actually think the injury to the left tackle, I want to say his name is Jackson, Felt like it was as consequential as anyone for the Rams' offensive line, and I, I he was an undrafted free agent. And he's been around for three years now for the Rams, but that that looked it, the Rams' offensive line looked really bad. No uh, note boom or no bloom, mm-hmm. I forget. Also uh, left that game at, at certain portions too. But the Bengals' defense was able to pin its ears back and go crazy on yeah, Matthew Stafford. Absolutely, yeah. I mean Stafford's getting less and less elusive with every single year, and he definitely took a beating in the second half. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it's also also of course you got to note that. Uh, yeah, Kyron Williams really didn't have anything going for him, and it's going to be tough to get things going behind that offense. Yeah, behind that offensive line. Important um, I, because Cam Akers was traded last time we did this podcast, so now exactly. it was Kyron Williams getting almost all the snaps last mm-hmm. last night. Yeah, I think he got one hundred percent of running back snaps. I think I go. saw something like that. I don't know if the official ones are out yet. Um, but yeah, and then I, I guess he got a touchdown. You know, Nakua was hurt. You mentioned. Tutu Atwell had a pretty decent game. He also had a twenty-two yard run early in the game. So you know that's something to notice. Uh, that's someone. I mean, do you see him having value when Cooper Cup comes back? Yeah, I mean, we're we're on that marker, right? Because we have Elvin Kamara coming back. So what does that mean for the Saints' backfield? And Cup mm-hmm. next week would be eligible to return for the Rams. I think it's Van Jefferson that gets bumped out of the equation. You can't you can't remove yep. Nakua from that rotation. I think it's Tutu Atwell still from a speed threat. So it's Van Jefferson who's been just a complete goose egg for that offense for most of the season to start. Yeah, I, I think there's I think there's value. I think Tutu Atwell remains, especially in twelve team leagues, a, a flex or wide receiver three if the Rams defense uh continues to yield points or yields yardage and makes Matthew Stafford and a company have to pass the way they have the past couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that's pretty much all I had for notes on those games. Yeah, I didn't have too much either. Uh again, going back to the regular scheduled programming for Monday Night Football starting next week. Uh I know in the chat section we're already getting plenty of comments about Mike Williams. What does that mean? Uh who's the top waiver wire pickup? We are going to have a debate. Uh, it's a bare-knuckle brawl between Jake and I as to which Chargers receiver you want to pick up off the waiver wire. We're going to get to that, though, a little bit later. While we were willing to shake up the rotation of sorts, talk about the Nick Chubb and Jerome Ford thing, which kudos to us, Jake. I think we did call that uh, despite a lot mm-hmm. of heavy, I don't want to say criticism, but doubt regarding the Kareem Hunt signing, which got reported later on uh, last week. We're going to have a difference of opinion, I think, on the Chargers receivers. We're going to talk quarterback first, and I think that's important because we had the Derek Carr injury. Uh, Anthony Richardson didn't play last week. What does that mean? And, uh, and it's it's going to be a tricky spot because we have bye week starting next week. There are teams that could be playing things a little bit safe regarding their star quarterbacks, uh, Panthers, for example, as well, too. But we should talk C.J. Stroud, who I have seen uh, become, it feels like, one of the hottest commodities this week. Like if you were uh, somebody that's got a struggling quarterback, let's just say Dak Prescott, 
or if you had the Aaron Rodgers of the world, uh, C.J. Stroud has become universally, I think, a really interesting pickup. But I am concerned about the matchup this week with the Steelers. Yeah, yeah. The Steelers are, uh, I mean, so we're three weeks in now. So I officially am calling this my time that I can start citing defense versus position stats, right? Yes. Steelers, <laughs> Steelers are actually uh, 18 against opposing quarterbacks. But uh, but no, uh, Stroud has uh, been very solid so far. He hasn't thrown a pick yet in his first three games. I don't know what the rookie record is for that, but you know that that's strong. And now he's got two touchdowns in back-to-back games. Uh, not using his legs a ton, but you know a, a, a tiny boost there. Uh, but but no, he's he's been solid, and he's got Pittsburgh. Then he's at Atlanta uh, versus New Orleans is tough and into the bye. So it's a little bit tough of a short-term schedule. But uh, you're, you're right. If your quarterback's not cutting it for you, then uh, that could be an option. Who uh, you know outside of your two quarterback leagues uh, should be readily available he's only 20 percent rostered uh on yahoo so uh that's the that is the guy in your single quarterback leagues you know it's not like you were if you drafted Derek Carr, you drafted him as a backup aaron Rodgers likely the similar situation i'm starting as good as kirk cousins has been i'm starting to worry about uh like I, I'm, I'm the top scorer in stake league right now because mm-hmm. of the cousins jefferson combo but i'm starting to worry what happens when that team throws the towel in and or does Cousins go on the move or, or or what happens now? So like there are some quarterbacks that you could be rostering that you just you don't feel so great about. That uh, go ahead, grab the rookie and see what happens. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. So the chat asked about uh, Geno Smith. They're 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 running to drop Geno Smith. He plays the Giants this week Monday Night Football uh, for uh, for for CJ Stroud. It's almost like we're just ignoring he's a rookie. And an Ohio State rookie, nevertheless. And I, I don't really mm-hmm. buy the, oh, this uh, college can't develop QBs, blah, 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 blah. Oh, Fields came from Ohio State, so that's why he sucks, right? It's, it's a different person, different scheme, different system every single time. But rookies, they don't hit walls per se, but there are going to be fluctuations. And some of the people are assuming mm-hmm. Stroud is automatically just going to be consistent 250 and two touchdowns with no turnovers. It doesn't work that way. I'm, I'm, not concerned. Stroud certainly looks like he's got a lot of potential. And of this class of rookies, I think it's Stroud and Anthony Richardson by far that look mm-hmm. like the best quarterbacks. And Richardson's yeah. already missed one game. But let's not act like mm-hmm. Stroud is a lock top 12 play every single week. Yeah. No, I'm definitely not saying lock top 12, but he's definitely someone that you can look at your matchup with any other, like, I don't know. Do you start thinking about Stroud versus Trevor Lawrence some weeks? You know, like based on the matchup. No, like, again, I have a lot of Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. But um, I don't know. I, I think at the beginning of the year, everyone we had him rated so low because we just weren't buying any the of the weapons. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Or the offense in general, and then all of a sudden, Nico Collins. I mean, not so much this week, but Nico Collins comes out, feasts the first two weeks. Tank Dell, who we're going to talk about later on, is suddenly looking like a very viable weapon. I mean, like. We pretty much were counting them as zeros to the start of the season. Now, I don't know if it's Stroud making them better or them helping Stroud, or probably some combination of both. But he is—he's uh, on the radar now. If, if and Ty Bruda mentions, and this is this is true. The last two weeks, the Texans have missed four of their projected starting offensive line. Laramie Tunsil has missed each of the past two games. Left tackle, obviously, a stud for them. Mm-hmm. I, I, you're right, and we're and I think in this case we are overreacting because Stroud was like quarterback thirty. When in reality, we should have assumed he is better than Davis Mills by default. The Texans' offense is going to have a floor raised by default because of that quarterback difference. But I don't think it's just a guarantee that Stroud's a top-12 quarterback every single week, and we're acting as if that is the case. I know you're not, Jake. The chat is, and other people are talking to me. Oh, man, (laughs) it's the the enamoring of rookies, and we're going to get to another rookie who a lot of people are enamored with, and rightfully so, uh, when we talk running backs in a little bit too. So 
Yeah, I mean, like, okay, so Geno Smith, we talked about uh, Uncle Ted asks C.J. Stroud or Deshaun Watson. I, I don't know. Did you watch uh, a lot of the Browns? Because I thought last week, not single back, not being forced to play that with Nick Chubb, Deshaun Watson actually looked good. And we had talked about this last week, mm-hmm. too, that uh, Nick Chubb's injury, while gruesome and awful for Nick Chubb, might benefit Deshaun Watson because Kevin Stefanski can't just sit in single back. He's got to go shotgun to help his quarterback. It's a, it's a really tricky spot, and I'm just worried about uh, some rookie woes in the case of C.J. Stroud. Yeah, no, I mean, no, that is fair in any situation, and I'm not saying you make him your lone quarterback. He's someone that you grab with another back-end top 15 quarterback and play matchups with, and maybe he grows into something more. And the circumstances so far, I mean, if you assume if, – if there is any growth this rookie season, if the weapons uh, continue to stay healthy, the offensive line gets healthy, there's definitely uh, – there's, some, there's something to be had here, but you're right. I, I do agree that some expectations need to be tempered. Uh, from a 2QB perspective, and I was dealing with this a few in my Superflex leagues, I, I was pretty invested in Derek Carr. Uh, it appears as if that sack by Rashawn Gary had an AC joint sprain for Carr. I would assume he will not be playing for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that's the case, Jameis Winston becomes, I think, the top of the Superflex QB Radar is is that kind of what you're seeing as well too? So so here's my dilemma uh, in the dynasty league right where everyone hoards quarterbacks. Uh, my only starter was Dak Prescott, and I've been and I have four backups just waiting for one, <laughs> you know, just in case. So now I'm in a position: do I start Jameis Winston over Dak Prescott this week? Uh, he's playing Tampa Bay 24th against opposing quarterbacks. Yeah, and and of course the revenge game narrative here. Jameis is still Jameis, right? Um, yeah. Now. Uh, we, of course, obviously, we watched this entire Packer game. We were very tuned into the Packers' comeback. Jameis led a game-winning drive at the end of that he game, did. right? Yes. The kicker just missed a, a 49-yard field goal, was it? Yep. Something along those lines. Jameis led a game-winning drive. Uh, the- and I didn't think he looked bad in the prior drives, too. It was a little bit of pressure, mm-hmm. a little bit of uh, yeah. a holding penalty. makes that uh, down I mean, distance a little bit worse. Rashawn Gary is Michael an absolute Thomas. stud, too. Like, yeah. He's breathing down Jameis's neck. No matter, I don't know who can block Gary uh, one-on-one. Um, but, um, but, yeah, so, again, he led the game-winning drive, didn't look bad, passed the eye test. They got plenty of weapons. You know, that was always the, uh, well, the, the rationale for propping mm-hmm. up Derek Carr, right? And uh, I think Olave is starting to look like one of the best receivers in the league here. He's, Michael Thomas is doing Michael Thomas things. Mm-hmm. She, he is electrifying, right? And they're about to get Kamara back. So there's a lot to like going on here. So, you know, in terms of the two quarterback leagues, um, Winston is probably one of your top fab plays. The big, the big deal is that Kamara comes back, and I think with Derek Carr, that would actually be another element to that offense. Winston really wasn't good at that at times last year, and then you go back to Tampa Bay as well. The checking down to the running back didn't happen all that often. Maybe mm-hmm. uh, LASIK Jameis is now more comfortable looking five yards instead of 50. But <laughs> w- w- like I, that's the one issue where I think Carr would, would help accelerate the offense or at least benefit it. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's much of a drop-off from, from Derek Carr to Winston, and I am a Derek Carr supporter. So I like Jameis Winston a lot. And a super flex, I think I'm going 15 to 18% if I if I need another quarterback. And you might because there has mm-hmm. been a lot of those lower-tier guys that have just been knocked off the yeah. pedestals and starting spots. Yeah, I mean, I was holding I was holding Josh Dobbs in a super flex. I was holding Tyler Huntley in a Dobbs. super flex. You know, like, so, yeah, those guys are getting cut to go ahead and make a play for Jameis this week here. Um, what about Andy Dalton? we got to give Andy Dalton some credit mm-hmm. this week for Carolina. I mean, obviously, neither of us ever thought super high of this uh, Panthers team in general, but Andy Dalton went out there and um, – 
and performed. I mean, he was, uh, I, I got the alert on my phone, picked him up in fishbowl, was very happy I did so. Uh, what was the final line here? 34 of 58 for 361 yards and two touchdowns here. Now, Bryce Young is dealing with the ankle injury. The last quote I saw on him is, should be back week four or five. Right. Um, so week four or five, why would you say mm-hmm. them both? You know, if it does, so this is all circumstantial. But if uh, Bryce Young sits out week four, um, and again, you know, might as well play it safe with the rookie. But if he sits out week four, Andy Dalton gets the Vikings, who are the third Huge. worst against opposing quarterbacks. It's an yep. amazing matchup here. The Vikings cannot defend anybody. Um, so if it does turn out to be a week five return for Young, then Andy Dalton's right up there behind uh, Jameis because, I mean, I, I like Winston better as an athlete. I like him his weapons a lot better, but the matchup is crazy better for Dalton. 100%. I, I agree with you, and I wrote about in the article, I think the Panthers have to sit Bryce Young, and they can kind of safeguard this with the ankle injury. Mm-hmm. You cannot let the number one overall pick have his confidence tank, which I felt like was the case uh, after that Monday night loss to the Saints. So you have Dalton in there. You can say it's an injury, yada, yada. You just you keep Bryce Young out. Now, the one the one sell to me is, well, if you are worried about the confidence issue with Bryce Young, isn't there's there's I mean it's essentially a T right we're hitting the ball off a T when you're saying the Vikings defense throw Bryce Young out there and have yep. him actually look good against a defense that I think you and mm-hmm. I could probably throw a hundred yards on at this point. <laughs> DJ Shark now back I think helped things, but Andy Dalton was the one looking for him. It wasn't Bryce Young. Adam yep. Thielen's still around as well too. There's there's what some was it? I, I, I made a note. Uh, both of these guys are, are readily available in terms of Fab. Yes. You know we'll get to that in a sec. But 14 targets for Thielen, 11 for uh, for Shark. I mean there were yep. That's interesting. I mean, granted, the game script was perfect for you know Dalton and them to be passing. They were behind the entire time, right? Um, but yeah, so I mean, there there's something there. Yeah, yeah, right there with you. And then real quick, Jimmy G uh, suffered a concussion in that mm-hmm. loss to the Steelers. Brian Hoyer is listed as the backup. Jake, you know, are talking off air. I've had a number of people ask me about Aiden O'Connell, the preseason star for the Raiders this uh, this past preseason. Mm-hmm. I, I, the, of, of again, if you are looking for quarterbacks. I don't know how deep your league has to be where Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton are not available, but Aiden O'Connell is. I'm yep. I'm rostering both those guys over whatever happens out of this Raiders mm-hmm. quarterback room. Yep, and uh, just another note, uh, you know, we we didn't quite get this last Tuesday, but Anthony Richardson should be back week four, so there's no Gardner Minshew to worry about. That's just kind of a two-quarterback league. Against the Rams, update. too. Yeah. I, would you play Dak Prescott or Anthony Richardson against the Rams? Um, Prescott's against the Patriots. They're number four. They're one of the best against opposing yep. quarterbacks. They did play Zach Wilson, so that helps. I would, uh, man. So yeah, with uh, Dak against the Patriots, I think I'm playing Jameis over Dak this week in in Dynasty. So then you're playing Jameis over Anthony Richardson too, or no, I'm playing saying? Anthony Richardson over Dak as well. Okay, all right, all right. Just, so you're helping I, my lineups out. This is this yeah, is good. This is what exactly. I need. We'll, we'll exactly. We're, we're in different stake leagues. Later. We'll face each other in the Super Bowl, but not yes. Uh, yes, but not during the regular season. Well, I have Trevor Lawrence in stake leagues. So I can't I can't move off him just yet. Uh, it's mm-hmm. the first of many London games. Just remember, Jake, you have football starting literally very early Sunday morning uh, mm-hmm. this week. So Kyle Pitts can disappoint me before I even wake up. Bingo. Yeah, you can you can uh, sleepwalk through all the sadness that Kyle Pitts <laughs> gives you. Exactly. Uh, let's hit a break and a word from our sponsors, Blue Wire. Again, if you are watching live, it'll be a little bit of a second if you're listening. Get, get, get through the ads a little bit here. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. So we're talking running back next. And uh, obviously, we had a pretty big situation last week with Jerome Ford and the Browns. Uh, we had talked about Kareem Hunt as well, too. Of course, he signed Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kareem Hunt was a factor. We'll talk about him a little bit. But it was yep. Jerome Ford that was that key guy mm-hmm. in the backfield. Exactly. And once again, looked looked pretty good. Uh, if you picked up Matt Breida, he got a touchdown uh, in that blowout loss to the Niners on Thursday night last week. That was totally fine. We'll talk about Breida as well, too, because Saquon Barkley is day-to-day right now. But who knows yep. uh, what his status will be. Kyron Williams, we mentioned a little bit before. Uh, Zach Moss was fantastic. Jonathan Taylor, though, looming as well. And even Tony Jones. Like, I know he split times with, with Kendra Miller, but if you started Tony Jones, it, w- it wasn't the worst uh, of those guys yeah. from last week. And we mentioned Tajay Spears last week. I think we got to mention him again this week at the bottom. But it all starts this week uh, with uh, Devon HN. Devon HN, yeah. Uh, f- so, to be clear, 41% rostered right now, so he's pretty close to our 50% threshold. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm surprised, frankly, that that's the case. I wonder if that's incorporated in those Monday I think he's when someone blows up for a game like that, all the first come first serve leagues, which yeah. is uh, – I know it's definitely not the majority. You know, FSF or FCFS is uh, – I, I, th- I don't see that as the fair way to do it. Most people don't. But there is a chunk of them. And all you know, I think his real roster ship, or however we want to put it, was probably around thirty percent, and then it just like blew up, you know, thirty-two mm-hmm. ish percent maybe, and then it, uh, yeah, and then it blew up to forty-one percent. So there's a, uh, I mean, obviously he's he's rostered in my twelve-team uh, two-keeper league. He's rostered in our stake league. I actually played the guy who had him on the bench, so that was great. Shout out to Park. Everyone had him on the bench, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody did, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, so so he's the guy this week. Obviously, he goes out over 200 rushing yards, four touchdowns. That speaks to itself. But you know, we we started to talk kind of in our, our pre-show conversation, and yes, I think you can make a case that he's that he's the top pickup this week if he's out there. But there are, it's not free of red flags completely, right? 
Because Raheem Mostert is still the starter, and people tend to overlook the fact that Mostert scored four times as well. Right. Right. So, you know, they just got the uh, the, the feast of a matchup there. Um, and also, like, listen, HN should take over for Salvin Ahmed, right? He should be the number two back at least. Sure. But going into this week, Salvin Ahmed was on the depth chart at number two, and he could return. So let's just, you know, give the Dolphins coaching staff the benefit of the doubt and that HN's the number two back now. Then we also have to think Jeff Wilson's going to come back off IR here sooner or later within a couple of weeks here. So this is a log jam. You are happy. You, I think you made the perfect point, Joe, not to steal your thunder, but you're happy with – HN is a best ball type player, right? But you're going to have a lot of weeks where there's nothing close to this. And uh, everyone's going to go and rush to put him in their starting lineup this week. And I think a lot of people might be disappointed. So it's going to be an overreaction thing. Um, if you told me that HN is going to face – uh, a defense that has given up on its coach through three weeks every single week. Well, yeah, HN's going for 2,000. Raheem Mostert's going to be the MVP. Uh, there's going to be a lot of different situations where you want to have HN. Um, but that's not the case. So, for example, Bills-Dolphins this week, really critical AFC East matchup. The Dolphins obviously annihilated the Broncos, but in the same instance, the Bills have kicked the Raiders and Commanders' butt in back-to-back weeks, and the Commanders were undefeated, or I think they were at least undefeated, mm-hmm. entering this week. I, I, yeah, we were starting to hype up Howell for a little while there. Well, I still like Howell, but this was a bad game for him. I, I'm just going to the point where I'm not even playing HN this week if I pick him up, much less mm-hmm. trying to go ahead and get him. So people are going to overreact and act, act like this, oh, he got 200-plus yards, he ran mm-hmm. 28 miles per hour, whatever weird next-gen stats yeah. can be thrown yeah, out all there. All those tweets send oh, the Dolphins boy. to the Olympics, you know? Look how fast they are. It's like, no, it just just dial it down mm-hmm. on this. I'm If I'm picking up HN, it's mm-hmm. to be the backup to Raheem Mostert if and when Raheem Mostert gets injured, then HN is in your starting lap moving forward. But Mostert looks great. You point out the four touchdowns. Mm -hmm. He had tons of yards. Jeff Wilson might not be back for another month. But the only way that HN is going to get and make what I think a lot of people are going to overact to on the waiver wire is if he's the starter. And at least for next week, that's not the case. Yeah, real so quick, Jake. I, I, I'm sorry, I, I, real quick. Oh, you want to hit the uh, Tyler question Yes, first? I want to thank oh, Tyler. Yeah, this the is only, the first I time we've to, had yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so shout out to Tyler. You get to send out money to us now when we are yeah, great. And, exactly. And this, uh, it's start model. I know model, the, the privileges of, our, of, of everyone who li- uh, like, listen, subscribe. So thanks, guys. But anyway, yeah, go ahead. Put it yeah, on the screen. Yeah. Uh, start Waddle when healthy. So he had the concussion. Uh, it sounded like he was trending towards playing because he was a limited participant last Friday. Ended up getting ruled out Saturday. Or Pittman. So Michael Pittman against the Rams or Waddle against the Bills, provided he's healthy. So that's the first one, Jake. What do you have there? Mm-hmm. I think I'm going Waddle. I am going that too. The over-under, by the way, is the highest uh, on the week four slate between mm-hmm. the Dolphins and Bills by like eight points. Or no, no, I think it's by like four or five. So mm-hmm. I will play Waddle. I agree with, uh, agree with you on that one. And then Jer- uh, Jared Goff against the Packers or Jordan Love against the Lions uh, if they don't feel confident playing Burrow. I, yeah. I would play Burrow. But I understand talking about that question now. Yeah, so uh, I got to check. I mean, Burrow doesn't look 100%, and he's playing the Titans. Yep. So I could absolutely see a case, you know. I'm playing Burrow because the Titans' run defense is so great. Uh, The pass defense is non-existent. It's just Mm -hmm. just horrible. But I I recognize if you're a little bit scared, Jared Goff would be my next call. Yep. Yeah, I think I agree with Burrow. And then, yeah, I mean, if Jair Alexander's back, does that change anything for you? No, no. no. Uh, Jair's there to cover. Uh, Joe, uh, Joe Barry is our still defense coordinator. So no. I, Fair I, enough. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the, uh, this game's at Lambeau, right? Yes. Yeah. It's their Thursday night game. 
Yeah. Ooh. I, I, give me Jordan Love. I like this. Uh, we were talking HN. Retrograde says uh, yeah. HN's talent is going to be is going to win out as if Raheem Mostert doesn't have talent. I mean, like Mostert is also really good. Mm-hmm. He was really good every single time he's been healthy, dating back to the yeah. 49ers. Mostert isn't slow either. Just that's he gets hurt so often. So if you're yeah. picking up HN, mm-hmm. you're doing so because you're acquiring a talented backup that could go yes. nuclear in the right but, situation. Okay, so I, I, here's one point I want to make in favor of, of HN, though, because I didn't, I hadn't looked at the uh, the schedule um, right, right beforehand. So obviously, tough matchup against the Bills this week. Then he gets the Giants, and then he gets the Panthers, who are 28-30 and 30 against running backs in standard formats and, and PPR as well, at least if this feature is working properly on, on the site here. So also Giants and Panthers, those are games that could be blowouts, not to the degree Denver was, the True, record right, said he blow up, but <laughs> these are blowups in which the backup's going to get double-digit touches, right? Yep. So, you know, you know what's going to happen is people are going to put A-Chain in the, in the lineup, or HN in the lineup this week. They're going to get frustrated. They're going to take him out of the lineup, and then he's going to blow up against the Giants. So please stay consistent in whatever we're doing here, folks. 100% possible. Again, I just want to be clear and reiterate what I think you and I are both saying, Jake. He's a, Devon HN, HN is a really good player. I, I'm, yes. I'm not disagreeing with that. I think in large part we didn't see this yet because HN was injured during the preseason. I think missed week one or was like close to being uh, ready and then didn't really do a whole lot. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins are bringing along him slowly. But there's still the Raheem Mostert factor, and he is going to continue being a factor for that offense until he gets injured. That might you might answer that question. Well, yeah, Joe, he is going to get injured. He gets injured every year. That's fine. You, you can absolutely do that. I'm not disagreeing. But it's not like Achan is outplaying or taking away Mostert's snaps. At least not right now. There's been no reason to with how great Mostert has looked for that Dolphins offense as well too. Yeah, so and, and and just to summarize here, um, Achan was only out on the field for 42. Point- three percent of offensive snaps so the role's definitely growing and Mostert was at 50.7 percent and how much of that came i would want to know and i know that next gen stats don't tell us this but in the second half when the game was already out of hand that i think that's kind of the key part all right so here i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna read from jerry's uh fabulous box score article here prior to the fourth quarter raheem Mostert played 65 percent of snaps and took 20 opportunities for 143 yards and four touchdown that was prior to the fourth quarter here HN, meanwhile, played 46% of snaps and took 18 receptions. Um, no, not 18 receptions. Or 18 opportunities, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm reading this wrong. Uh, but anyway, Mostert, okay. Touches. So neither Mostert nor Tyreek Hill played at all in the fourth quarter of that game, right? Yep. So, um, again, it's not the magical narrative that, that you think it is. So wh- when it what it boils down to here, are we spending more on HN than we were on Jerome Ford no, last week? No, 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 no. no, no okay, no. so last Half. week... Last week we had 35 minimum keep him honest bid for Jerome Ford, yep. right? Um, what's your minimum keep keep him honest bid for HN, and, and how high are we really willing to go? Because I think what you said half, I think minimum you got to throw 17 if he's I, out there. Um, I went. Someone's going to overpay for him. I went though. 11 on Tony Jones last week because I needed a running back to start. And, and that was fine. Uh, maybe a little bit of overpay. I think I got Matt Breida in stake league for – 17 or 18, thinking he's going to be a couple-week starter. We can talk about that mm-hmm. a little bit later on. Yep. Also fine with that, too. So if you're putting higher than 20 on HN, it's with the understanding you are going to sit on that for a while. He is mm-hmm. not going to be immediate start next week and rip off another yeah. 200 yards and four touchdowns. That's, if you, that's just yeah. not going to happen. If you love your running backs and you don't need HN, you still put 17 down, right? 
I think I would go higher than Tony Jones like I did last week. Yeah. So I would go like you put 12. 17 minimum down just to keep your, the rest of your league honest, right? And then uh, there's certain if you situations. Need, yeah, if, it's tough. If you're a Mostert owner and he's out there. Yes, yes. I, that's a $42 bid for me, right? If you're a Mostert, yeah. Mostert owner and he's out there, you need to make sure you get him. For your inevitable I don't situation. Know. I, I, I think oh, that's so tough. To, to go half your budget, let's just say you have $100, to go half your budget on a backup is is really tricky. Like mm-hmm. you could you could have gotten Jerome Ford for really cheap. Uh, Zach Charbonnet, same thing for Kenneth Walker, and you're not having to pay half your free agent budget. I guess I guess that's the punishment for not being uh, savvy and on point with that. Maybe yeah, thirty thirty five. Somebody yeah. somebody is going to make you do it uh, after after mm-hmm. this week. But I'm I'm just trying to caution okay, people. Right but, now. but let's give it. There's going to be someone in this league who's going in in most leagues right uh, that is going to see that kind of crazy explosion game and just throw an eighty two dollar bid out on them right. That's going to happen in some leagues. There's no doubt about that. I, I would advise letting somebody else do that and sticking to your reasonable keep them honest bids because there will be more HNs this year. There will be, yes. And, and again, I go back to, again, if you needed a running back, Tony Jones was totally fine. Uh, you seven or eight points, but I don't I did think that he'll be fine eight. anymore with Kamara. Back. No, 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 no. And I'm cutting him actually for a bunch of the receivers mm-hmm. that we're going to talk about a little bit later on. Yeah. But it even though, even though Jamal fit. Williams is on IR. Yeah. Um, now I, yeah, like Kendrick I still Miller came back healthy. That was kind of the mm-hmm. big deal. Yeah. For, so for now it's, yeah, Jones, he's got to, yeah. Contend with Kendra Miller and, and now Kamara. I'm not, um, yeah, I'm not so sure. We've about that. spent a lot of time on HN. Uh, I hope mm-hmm. that in future weeks we get to talk about it again, because that means he's going yeah. off or that Raheem Moster got injured. Mm-hmm. But until that point happens, I'm, I'm not, I'm not super yeah. aggressive. Uh, also, I would imagine a lot of people are going to recommend going yeah. behind him. Also, the rest of these running backs are kind of quick hitter situations. I don't think any of these other backs need more than you know 30 seconds to really to really run through them all. I don't know if anyone stood out to you, but um, we're ready to move on from Achan. Um, I put I put down Ezekiel Elliott because he's only 43 yep. percent rostered on Yahoo. He got 16 carries for 80 yards against the Jets run D that I respect a lot. I think that defense is never going to be the problem. Uh, on that Jets team, and um, that was interesting to me. I mean, I still obviously love Ramondre over Zeke by a mile rest of season, but the usage is interesting. Yeah, uh, another revenge game. Patriots play the Cowboys this week, so I I definitely think uh, if I could do an anytime touchdown for Zeke, the Patriots, provided they can move the ball, will will give him a position to do so. I do like that. Yeah. Is it is it at New England or at Dallas? It's at Dallas. Yeah. Oh, so he so, can jump in the Salvation Army thing, or they still oh, yeah, let yeah, him yeah. do that? I mean, like I I feel very <laughs> confident that you're going to get some sort of uh, possible revenge game part. This is week four is all about revenge games, I guess. That being mm-hmm. said, I'm I think Ramondre Stevenson is a really talented player, and I'd imagine if you're saying Michael Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, and that entire pass rush is coming at me, Mac Jones better be checking down the ball a lot. To Ramondre, nope. not necessarily Ezekiel Elliott. So, absolutely, uh, I don't think that 80 yards that might be a season high for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked the the call in terms of Melvin Gordon and the Ravens' backfield. So, yeah. it's important to note because Justice Justice Hill did not play. Um, it was a toe. I think it was turf toe. Was it, it was, turf toe? I thought it was. I, I just read. It was a foot. foot yeah, you're, oh, yeah. Because you wrote in our notes that um, it, Justice Hill might return. I don't know if that's the case. Actually, I thought there's. A little pessimism in regards to returning next week against the Browns, or I guess this okay. week. Yeah. Uh, but either way, that mm-hmm. would mean Dobbins done for the year. Hill with that foot injury. Gus Edwards left with a concussion. Yep. Yeah, that, we so should have we should have led with that. That's why this changes, and, and we're talking about Baltimore again. Is that Gus Edwards is in concussion protocol? So yeah, now we're looking at Melvin Gordon um, or Kenyon Drake, and I mean when it comes down to the two of them, I know a couple weeks ago we weren't even interested in Melvin Gordon, but 
you know, might have it's to a be. last man standing situation here. Um, yeah, he is one of the guys you do your backup bids if you need to start in running back this week. He's the Tony Jones, I think, yeah. of this group. Yeah, he's the Tony Jones, like eleven dollars max if you really need him. Uh, yep. You know, three dollar backup to your other targets probably. Uh, for, yeah, for the most part. Uh, again, Kareem Hunt, when he signed on Wednesday of last week, ended up yep. being uh, hugely popular. Mm-hmm. Seated a lot of time Jerome Ford. I think some people are going to say, well, it's just because they're getting back uh, Kareem Hunt in game shape, blah, blah, blah. No, it's because Jerome Ford is actually good. Uh, and I think so long as he's healthy, he's going to be in that starting lineup for the Browns yep. moving forward. Yeah, Kareem Hunt got up to 72%. So um, most people grabbed him. too high for me. Yeah, most people grabbed him after, uh, after he signed and right. after waivers processed in a first come, first serve. Uh, situation there so that you know that's uh that's why the ownership is what it is i'm not uh if he's out there i mean sure i put him on do i put him on my list sure but it depends who you're dropping for him Um, yeah yeah and there are there are are, you're gonna have to be hard pressed to to give me someone uh, to drop here um i wrote down rico dowdle this is more of a stash candidate he had four rushes for 21 yards he also caught three targets for 25 and a score um you know i know there was some deuce vaughn talk earlier in the preseason but uh, dowdle is the backup here so if you are uh if you are trying to handcuff pollard or you're in a super deep league because Dowdle's only one percent owned where you where you try to stash these guys um that's the backup and he's on the radar there yeah, it's tough. I always say I'm a disciple of Mario Puig and John McKechnie, and and they think Rico Dowdle is like shouldn't be in the NFL that that low of a, a talent. And normally those guys, when they have that strong of a take, are are never wrong. So I I don't really trust that Dowdle is going to be a factor moving forward. Like if Pollard he needs an injury to be a factor. Basically. Well, if Pollard were to get injured, I don't even know if that's going to be the case. I would as sooner assume the Cowboys trade for a running back or sign Leonard Fournette off a of free agency. And I think Fournette, unlike Kareem Hunt, mm-hmm. will be better than the backup options the Cowboys have. So it is absolutely worth mentioning, uh, especially in like a 12-team league, deep roster spaces, you should speculate on it. But it does feel, it's like a speculative ad uh, for me. Mm -hmm. And then we had talked about Tajay Spears uh, last week. Once again, pretty critical playing time factor over Derrick Henry. So so this turf toe is clearly bothering Henry, right? Um, I think so. I think think that's possible. Yeah, Yeah. I think that's definitely part of the situation because the Titans want to pound the rock and they just haven't been doing that. Tajay Spears is only 24% rostered on Yahoo, and he actually out-snapped Derrick Henry this week. He was on the field for 55.6% of snaps compared to 37.8% for Henry. Now, Henry is a kind of a notorious slow starter in fantasy. He has your big, big weeks in, you know, 12 through 16. So, you know, maybe maybe that's part of it too. But, but yeah, Tajay Spears is only 24% rostered. If you're... uh, if you're just looking to improve your roster, you improve your last bench spot, but don't need a don't need a um, but, but don't need a starter this week. Then uh, yeah, then Spears is definitely on the radar. Yeah, absolutely. And I, would I like Spears' long term outlook more than like way more than Melvin Gordon, more than Dowdle, more than Kareem Hunt even. Oh. To be honest. Oh yeah, yeah. I, so people are are in on Jalen Warren, uh, Steelers backup running back, kind of to Najee Harris, and rightfully so. The Titans' offense is just like really bad, way worse than the Steelers, and I don't like Kenny Pickett. But it's I, the same concept. Yeah. So if you're having a hard time figuring out what Tajay Spears is to the Titans right now, mm-hmm. it's like Jalen Warren, but possibly even yeah. more effective, uh, given what Spears has done mm-hmm. and that the Titans have called plays for him back in Week One and Week yeah. Two. Uh, I like Warren Spears is 55 percent rostered, so he's yep. definitely not there. And Warren was 43.3 percent of the snaps last week, and Harris was up at 51.7 percent. So. Uh, the roster ship numbers for Warren and Spears should probably be flipped in my eyes. I, I, Warren's fine. I'm not. I'm not uh, having an issue with him being rostered to that extent. I think Tajay Spears should just be higher. If 72 percent of the people believed Kareem Hunt was an asset, then Tajay Spears needs to be included in that. 
That's that's mm-hmm. that's where sure. I'm at. You had mentioned Dion Jackson and the outlook as a uh, drop. Hundred uh, percent. I am dropping. Oh him everywhere. yeah, I think I just forgot to delete that from last week, but because I don't. I well, don't I mean, he drops, got literally. He cut. actually got literally yeah, cut by his got, team. So, so it's <laughs> worth pointing out. Uh, mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor again could be back as soon as next week. I'm also dropping Tony Jones. We'd recommended him last week. Yep. Uh, there's no point now with Kamara and Kendra Miller healthy, even with Jamal Williams on injury reserve, for you to have mm-hmm. Jones on yeah. your roster. Yeah, so. he can absolutely go. Uh, we mentioned Deontay Foreman's out last week. Uh, Singletary's been a steady drop for us, but he actually yep. had a decent game. I would uh, same that. thing with Latavius Murray, you know. Yeah, and the okay. Damian Harris, the, the Bills guys, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Cool. I want to get to a few of our sponsors here. We'll start first with Better Vision. I think we can all agree that fantasy sports is awesome, and so is daily fantasy and sports betting too. That's why we have so many accounts. What's not awesome is going to a bunch of different apps to find the best odds and manage all of your fantasy lineups. Enter Better Vision. That's B-E-T-T-O-R, Vision. Better Vision is the only app that syncs all your fantasy, DFS, and sportsbook accounts in one place, they only show you the best odds for every bet, so you'll get the best value. And the dashboard is also a one-stop shop to track all of your fantasy matchups, DFS picks, and more. Visit Better Vision, again, B-E-T-T-O-R, vision.us to download Better Vision today. I also want to get a word from our sponsors here, Rival Fantasy. If you're looking for a place to play head-to-head fantasy football games with huge tournaments, salary caps, or complicated game types, then Rival Fantasy is where you want to play this NFL season from a twist on a classic game with fancy bingo where players generate a lamp to complete achievements to get bingo and also to a head-to-head fantasy challenges where you pick which of two players will score more fantasy points. Rival fantasy is the best version of fantasy sports from the 2023 NFL season. Rival fantasy is offering new users a 200 deposit match plus a $25 first play voucher. Rival fantasy is so confident you'll love the experience. They're giving you money to play right out of the gate. Experience the future of fantasy sports on rival fantasy and become a rival today. All right, Henry Debensky is, or yeah, yeah, Debensky is asking what percentage fab to place on Josh Palmer and Quentin with Quentin Johnson already gone. This is the marquee free agent for me, Jake. This week, it's the Chargers duo of receivers. I had teased at the top of the show. We're going to get a bare knuckle brawl as to which one we want more. And I'm going to tell you right now, it is not Josh Palmer. So, do you want to give the the leeway into mm-hmm. why you think Josh Palmer? Is the immediate pickup over Quinton Johnston? I think it's Josh Palmer because he's already producing. If you're looking, if you need to replace Mike Williams right away this week, I'm getting the guy that was on the field for 61% of snaps and ran 33 routes over the guy that was only on the field for a quarter of the snaps and just ran 13 routes. Now, I, I, I know the point you're going to make is that Quentin Johnson has more room to grow with Mike Williams out, but it seems that Josh Palmer has already well beaten him out uh, for the wide receiver three role beforehand. And um, even both the tight ends are on the fields for more snaps than Quinton Johnson. Yeah. Quinton Johnson, I think, is still developing. He's still a little bit of a work in progress. And he'll be a good long-term ad, right? And I think more people are actually, I don't know, I, I think my gut says Palmer is going to be the more popular play, and you might be able to slide Quentin Johnson under the radar. But uh, the thing is, is the ownership, Quinton Johnson has higher ownership because um, – he was being drafted as a first. Yeah, I mean, he was a seventh yeah. round pick, but been very disappointing to date. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I exactly. took him mistakenly, or sorry, in in the Beach Joe Bartle Online Championship in the seventh mm-hmm. round. So he, Quentin Johnson, is thirty three percent, and Josh Palmer is only like five percent. So, um, yeah, so I'm going the guy. I'm going with the guy that's already getting usage, and I think, um, yes, Quentin Johnson will see more snaps with um, with Mike Williams out, but Palmer should also see more targets. And um, I don't know if targeting or 
targeting Keenan Allen 20 times a game is uh, super sustainable. Someone's going <laughs> to figure Vikings out how defense. To, someone's going to figure out how to take that away. I mean, I, I'll take my 45 points from Keenan Allen every week. That would be great. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was really the only counter to Mostert, Mostert right this week. Um, but yeah, so that was my argument for uh, Josh Palmer, just that he is already playing, he's already running routes, and um, now that more targets will go to him. And um, yeah, if uh, it's just it's just if. Quinton Johnson was going to be that dude right away. I feel like he'd get a little more early usage, but uh, but I want to hear your argument for him. So there's a lot to unpack with this. Uh, I am the Chargers beat writer at RotoWare. I've been following mm-hmm. this along now for a while. When I saw that Mike Williams is done for the season, I immediately thought of our show a couple of years ago when we told everyone to go get Justin Jefferson. It was after week three. Uh, Mike Zimmer was still being a butt for the Vikings, wasn't playing his rookie receiver. We're like, no, it's, it's he's just really, really good. Like, go, go whoever dropped mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson, pick him up. And, of course, his rookie year, he ended up being awesome. I do not think the scenarios are the same. I, I am concerned about Quinton Johnston's talent relative to Justin Jefferson. You're going to be like, Joe, no, duh. Obviously, Jefferson already is one of the best receivers in the league. There. I think the the beat reporters, if you kind of go back and look at stuff during training camp in the preseason, were kind of giving puff pieces a little bit to Quentin Johnson. Like, oh, look at this great deep route he ran. It's like, well, he ran straight and caught a pass over his shoulder. I think first-round receivers should be capable of doing that. And even then, he was a bit inconsistent. So there's there's going to be growing pains, to your point. That's why Josh Palmer has been on the field. But you're not having more growth to Josh Palmer's game. I think Mike Williams' injury happened on either the last possession or one of the last possessions for the Chargers' offense. So you're not really getting to see what would have happened from a playing time perspective. They used three receivers almost all season long today, and Palmer was the third receiver, not because he was better than Quentin Johnson, which I think he is, but because Mike Williams had a certain role, Keenan Allen had a certain role, and Josh Palmer had a certain role. Quinton Johnston is most ready and most capable of taking Mike Williams' role. A deep field stretcher can be an intermediate pass catcher, uh, and you can do some bubble things, which is what Mike Williams got injured on with Quinton Johnston. There's a level of athleticism that Quinton Johnston has that Palmer can't replicate, and no matter the agile route running Keenan Allen has, he can't either. Quinton Johnston is going to be a focal point in this offense because now they have to. They have to be reliant on him. I'm convinced I I would be acquiring Quentin Johnston trade right now uh, if I could. And I would be going to like 18 to 22 uh, of a $100 budget mm-hmm. if I need a wide receiver three or four because this feels like the similar situation with Justin Jefferson where he is going to be a factor now by default because the Chargers offense needs Quentin Johnston to be a factor. Yeah, so here's a fun one. Uh, Mike Williams, 6'4", 215. Quentin Johnson, 6'4", 215. Both first-round picks. There's, uh, you're right, there may be something to that. But, and, um, and, like, a uh, point to speed faster. Like, Mike Williams is a 4'6", mm-hmm. and Quentin Johnston, I get, I get Quentin Johnston is a 4'5", but mm-hmm. plays faster, certainly on the field, than Mike Williams did. Yep, yeah, and, uh, you know, maybe some drop issues, but, you know, that can always be worked out. Devontae Adams had drop issues. Yeah, the Packers, just uh, Jaden Reed as well. We had somebody mm-hmm. in the comments talking yeah. about Jaden Reed too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so, I mean, I, I want to hit that question because it's a Packer thing. Uh, we'll get there because yeah. I think we do need to talk Jaden Reed. But real, Okay, we do. Real, yeah, we should talk I just want to put a bow on, on this. So, Quentin Johnston, I'm going 18 to 22%. Palmer, I'm going 15% too because, to yep. your point, Jake, he is going to be on the field now. There, there is no situation where Palmer is not playing. If they go down to two receivers, and they do often, you mentioned the tight ends. We'll talk about Donald Parma a little bit later on. 
Palmer is playing over Quentin Johnston in most situations. So Palmer is going to have a role. And we saw last year when Mike Williams and Keenan Allen were banged up, Palmer was the guy. I mean, he got almost a thousand receiving yards and we completely forgot about it because Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are so good. I, I, I am, I think both need to be picked up and I have mm-hmm. both of the charger receivers as my two favorite wave wire claims this week. Yeah. Yeah. You might've sold me on Quentin Johnson. I'm definitely going to make a pass through and see if anyone had dropped him earlier in the year and make a bid there. But, um, so someone asked, uh, with Johnson already gone, what's the fab on Palmer? Uh, I think we hit that. You said at least 15, at least sixteen, fifteen. Yeah. I always, I maybe this is a weird fab thing for me, but I always hate bidding on numbers that end in zero or five. I always yeah, bid. That's what I'm saying. Numbers. Going one or two over. I yeah, was yeah. going to say sixteen or seventeen, and and a lot of times I end up bidding seventeen because I think somebody's going to do sixteen with the same bat. It's a psychological thing. Crooked numbers for fab. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, I, I, we could talk about Jaden Reed here. I think. So yeah, Lee okay. Bing asks if Christian Watson is back, and it sure seems like he he could be at the broadcast. I so I went to the game, Jake. Uh, the leading up to you know, the local <laughs> radio is pretty good for the Packers, and they had talked about. It, and I was actually kind of surprised. Mm-hmm. Did the Packers uh, choose to have Christian Watson, Aaron Jones, David Bakhtiari, and Jair Alexander all inactive for Sunday's game because they were hoping to have them for the Thursday night game against the Lions? And that the broadcast locally even brings that up is like, huh. Because you wouldn't normally like say that kind of thing that you're punting uh, on this game against the Saints, unless especially maybe when it's know. your home opener, right? I was like, oh, this is this is really intriguing. I anticipate at minimum Christian Watson and Aaron Jones will be back Thursday against mm-hmm. the Lions. We just got a note through the wire uh, 30, oh. 30 seconds ago, something Perfect. like that. Uh, Christian Watson quote plans to play Thursday. Okay, so. so if if and when Watson's out there, that's not going to impact Jaden Reed. It just means Dontavian Wicks. Uh, rookie fifth or sixth rounder mm-hmm. will will not play very much which yeah. is I, I think reed will lose targets though they'll still do a couple gadgety plays for reed but he'll definitely lose targets because i think dobbs earned his targets i think musgrave's still going to get targets yeah you're, you're probably right because if you say that they're only going to throw 25 times uh and you have to throw five times at minimum to watson how much are you spacing between dobbs and uh aaron jones gets back fi- fixed in there mm-hmm. too you're right but they were calling situational shot plays for Jaden reed i think those situational shot plays happen for christian watson but there is a role and function to what Jaden Reed does. And I've been impressed. I don't know where you're at with him. He had a bit of drops uh, in Sunday, but that yeah. diving catch to really extend yeah. that, that, di- that drive was like a, mm-hmm. oh, oh, yeah. Okay. So he, mm-hmm. he's legit. Like that was, yeah, he, that he, was he raced those, those drops instantly because there were, uh, there were some balls that he should have had there. Um, and then to answer, answer the Brooks question here it's, is Watson safe to start at flex after missing three weeks? When they say Watson is active, I will start him in every lineup I have him. Okay, uh, so that's that's interesting because the Lions secondary they improved this offseason, but not significantly. I think if you're playing uh, Christian Watson, you're hoping that Jared Goff and the Lions just beat up on the Packers defense, and and there's going to have to be points a lot. I think that's going to be the case because, as everyone knows, I hate Joe Barry, the defense coordinator for the Packers. But you might assume, Jake, that Jared Goff might struggle. He has the last two weeks, uh, and Amon Ross St. Brown had turf toe. He was dealing with that mm-hmm. a little bit. Obviously, was fine. Josh Reynolds also banged up. Like the Lions' offense is missing key pieces. Yep. We didn't even talk about yeah, David, David Montgomery. Montgomery too. Yep, too. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah. Play uh, that. So that would be my that would be my one concern. That Watson's going to get mm-hmm. three targets of forty plus yards. Can he catch two of them? That's the big deal for me. Fair enough. All right. Uh, yeah. I mean, for me, I'm not even thinking about it. I'm rolling with it. But maybe that's a homer in me a little bit. You, you drafted him to be your wide receiver one or two. I'm not. It obviously depends what your options look like, but there are very few situations where I would actually bench Christian Watson in his return. You got to get the points out of him when he's actually out there playing. Yeah, there's a couple other receivers besides the Chargers guys and Jaden Reed uh, out there. Marvin Mims, who's now close to 30% rostered, of course, 
going to be in that stinker against the Bears. And then there's DJ Shark, who had Mm -hmm. 11 targets with Andy Dalton as quarterback. I think if you said Andy Dalton is for sure starting next week, I would say I want Shark over Marvin Mims. Uh, But Mims had the kick return touchdown. That did count in a few leagues where I had to start Mims for me. And he is a big play threat. He is really the uh, only thing that that offense has going, you know. He's a big uh, big play capable. I mean, Bears are number 28 against opposing receivers in PPR, 20 in standard. You know, Mims is probably more of a standard guy because of the big plays, the air yards, the A, the A dot, that kind of thing. Um, but the only thing with Mims is because, like I said, when I do this show, I looked at just about everybody's waiver wire list I can possibly find to see some names that are coming up a lot that I have a little bit of a not-so-fast in me. And this one, um, he's another one where he needs to kind of get let loose. Right, he was only he had three catches for seventy three yards on five targets. Of course, the kick return TV. He was only on the field for twenty five point four percent of snaps, and as Jerry notes in the in the box score column, he ran half as many routes as Brandon Johnson. So yes, you have to imagine his role grows a little bit because of this big play capability. But but how and when and how fast? Mims is more of a. St- if you need a starter this week, it's Shark or even Thielen. Thielen's only forty seven percent rostered, yep. so I, I'd actually go out and get Thielen before Shark because. He had 14 targets from Dalton. Um, so those guys are the guys that you can actually have some confidence in starting this week. Same thing with Palmer. Um, but Mims is more of the stash candidate uh, 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 this week because, you know, event, if you expect Judy or Sutton to get hurt, which, you know, or traded. can happen. Or traded. three. Or traded. Yes, or traded. Um, yeah, Mims could eventually be the guy there. So stash if you got the room. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. There, then there was Josh Downs, who we've talked about in past yeah. podcasts, got the 12 targets for the Colts. Uh, that was with Gardner Minshew. We're assuming Anthony Richardson is playing against the Rams. And then Michael Gallup, you know, finally makes his mm-hmm. uh, appearance yeah. this season. Right as I, I – I mean, like, I went as far as cutting Gallup and Fishbowl with those giant mm-hmm. deep rosters. I cut him to get Dalton. So he's definitely going to end up getting picked up uh, in my league again this week. And I don't know, weird game flow for the Cowboys there. I mean, the Cardinals were pretty much taking it to him for that entire game. And – uh um, I, I don't know how often Gallup's going to be able to repeat that, but it is good to see him, you know, do something. And then again, target watch for Josh Downs. Twelve targets is uh, is far more than um, when you get twelve targets. Basically, my spreadsheet gets a ping, and you get on my sheet. You know, it has to be mentioned. That's fair. Uh, we we probably skipped one of these guys, and I want to come back to it. it's Tank Dell uh, yeah. and Jonathan Gonzalez asks, should I drop Kendrick Bourne? or Michael Thomas for Tank Dell? And if mm-hmm. so, how much fab should I invest? So I talked about Quentin Johnston and Josh Palmer. Quentin Johnston's like an 18 to 21%. Josh Palmer is 16%. I think Tank Bell is like in the 13%, 14% range for me too. I'm 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 scared about C.J. Stroud, obviously. I, I, I'm not ready to anoint mm-hmm. him as a guaranteed fantasy starter just yet. Nico Collins certainly is a starter. But if you are of the belief that Stroud is a good quarterback, I think Tank Della at this point has to be included. Like I know he's five six and only one hundred sixty, but the Texans are utilizing him and frequently. I know one bad hit could knock him out, but at this point, I feel like that happens for yeah. a lot of other players. Mm-hmm. Tank Dell has to be in consideration. Yeah. So to hit the question here, I mean, I would I would drop Kendrick Bourne for Tank yes, Dell. I think I would too um, because he is clearly wide receiver three with Devontae Parker back, and Kendrick Bourne's basically a part time player that had that beautiful week one and is probably going to go away. I would not drop Michael Thomas for Tank Dell. I'm keeping Michael either. Thomas. You, you just said, I, no, I agree with you. I'm sorry. Keep okay. going. I was like, wait a minute. You're dropping Michael Thomas for Tank Dell. I was right. nope. like, wait a minute. What? <laughs> um, no, yeah. So, uh, But, yeah, I, I could see dropping Kendrick Bourne for uh, Tank Dell. And how much fab? Um, 
I'm at 13%, like a 13 I was going to say 12, so yeah. <laughs> all right, we're in. Uh... Good, I'm glad we're in lockstep with that okay. one, yeah. Yeah, 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 okay. Uh, I see a good question from AJ in films uh, about Derrick Henry and Brian Ike. We'll get to that a little bit later uh, towards the end of the show because I still want to talk tight ends and a few of those streamer defenses, although the tight ends uh, not nearly as interesting as it has been in yeah, past weeks. Before we do that, a word from our sponsors, Vivid Seats. Football, of course, is back. Kick off the NFL season with Vivid Seats and score tickets to all the hottest matchups and biggest games of the year. Catch every pass, every tackle, and every heart-pounding play of your favorite team live and in person. And with Vivid Seat Rewards, now you earn rewards with every single purchase. Each ticket you buy gets you closer to that reward by 10 tickets. Simply cash in your credit towards your 11th ticket purchase really is that easy. Plus, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with promo code ROTOWIRE. That's code R-O-T-O-WIRE. From the 50-yard line to the upper deck, Vivid Seats has great tickets for all the 2023 games that matter to you. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. So I think we have finally gotten to the point, Jake, where we can't uh, continue to mention Zach Ertz, but he has been a popular tight end recommendation in past weeks. He's kind of a letdown last week. Musgrave was the guy last week. Musgrave, and he is also still only at 18% rostered. Musgrave continues yeah. to be my guy. I had mentioned pre-show before you hopped on, uh, this is going to be the final week, I think, before you can trade for Sam Laporta. I anticipate he is going to look really good against the Packers. See, I feel like that Thursday. window is passed because he has had... I think he's going to get like two touchdowns and 100 yards kind of good game. That's, oh, yeah. that's he, he does seem like the kind of guy that can, that can that's, definitely tear Yeah, that's, Darnell Savage is going to have no idea what to do when Sam Laporta goes running by. Uh, but yeah. otherwise, if you're not after Luke Musgrave, Jake Ferguson, you know, probably the big key. And I, Dak Prescott from day one has said he loved Jake Ferguson. We've talked about him on a number of different podcasts now. I have been really comfortable uh, with the Musgrave-Ferguson mm-hmm. Laporta trio of tight ends. And I think that's been more encouraging than the Dallas Goddard's Pat Fryer moves, Chiggy Conquas, which were like guaranteed top 12 selections yeah. earlier this year. I'm starting to think about dangling Kelsey out there in stake league because I'm actually faithful. I have faith in Musgrave. I really wow. I, I like that. That, that, that yeah. would be a bold I've call. Got, I've got, I mean, I started Tyler Algier and Najee Harris at running back last week. So, okay, so I think I got that, some yeah. areas. I, I got some areas <laughs> I could, uh, I could stand to improve in. Um, but no, uh, yeah. So all these guys, Ferguson, he's up at forty-one percent right now. Musgrave's ownership has been going down, but I feel like people definitely aren't watching the Packers. He's getting looked at a lot. Wide just, open touchdown was missed by yes, Jordan Love. Exactly. In the first he, half. he um he he loses his footing sometimes, but I feel like there's going to be a uh, a uh, regression to the mean and a positive touchdown regression coming. Here with Musgrave, he he definitely gets looked at. He gets separation. He lines up like a big wide receiver off the line of scrimmage sometimes. So I I, and I still so like him. And they do so stuff it. too, where it's yep. like almost a guaranteed three targets or opportunities for him to get 30, 40 yards, which mm-hmm. is all you need when you're talking tight end 12, 13, 14. Uh, the Kelsey one's interesting. Somebody asked about George Kittle too. Like if if you can get one of these wave aware guys, I would always be. I would always ask managers who are starting Fryermuth or. Dallas Goddard, hey, you know, I, I got I got a guy on paper that looks great. Uh, what do you want from him? And if they are willing to be kind of aggressive in trading for the Kittles or even Mark Andrews of the world, that's another guy I'd be trying to sell a little bit. Uh, I, I would do so because I, I do like I yeah. like. This I mean, to be clear, I'd have to get a very outstanding Kelsey offer. I, I love having that luxury. But, um, uh, you know, we'll see. No. Maybe we can make something happen. Complete, completely fair. So from a streaming defensive perspective, who do you have, Jake, while I tape a few of these questions? Well, the surprise thing that I had – that I saw here was that the Browns were only 46% rostered. 
and the Browns have been absolutely dominating on the defensive end of the ball in all of their games this year. They have been a very tough team to score on. Um, you know, maybe not crazy in the uh, in the defensive touchdown area. And a streamer this week, they do play the Ravens. At least they're at home, but uh, they do play the Ravens. And I think Baltimore is is a solid enough offense. I mean, they did they were didn't do all that great against the Colts. And the Ravens do have a injured backfield situation, but of course Lamar Jackson is their main ball carrier. Um, but I think the Browns are an excellent rest of season option. So they're the first one that. Um, that you're typing in just because you like them rest of season, not necessarily this week, but still startable this week. I mean, Miles Garrett is an absolute stud and is going to continue to make big plays happen, and that mm-hmm. ups the ceiling for the Browns. The other one I put down here, now listen, I don't love this at all, but um, you know, it was a real tough week for streaming defenses. I'll just say that right it off was, the bat. Yeah. Chances are you're drafting the um, – you're drafting the defense, or you're starting the defense you drafted or recently picked up here. But you know the Vikings are going to show up on a lot of lists. They're available everywhere at Carolina. Denver is going to show up on a lot of lists, even after they gave up 70 freaking points last week. But it's because they're That's playing how the bad Bears. Justin Fields and the Bears are. <laughs> yeah, that is how bad Justin Fields and the Bears have been this year. I mean, if there's ever a get right, if just let's just say this: if Justin Fields doesn't do it this week, uh, any Bears fans got to be thinking about blowing that whole thing up again. <laughs> Yeah, you, you look great because you had talked about how you want the uh, Packers over win total compared to the Bears. You had a friend that made that bet for you. Oh, yeah. Uh, W's got, across the board on that one. I know. They, I, I haven't I, I haven't seen them all season yet. Since, say, I feel uh, like they, they just should pay you out now. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm going to ask. Uh, I'm definitely going to ask next time I see them. Um, but, yeah, the, the moral of the story here is you're starting the defense that you drafted here. Uh, um, I'm not really – there's – there's really no way I'd, I'd go pick up Denver or the Vikings despite solid matchups just because they've played so dang poorly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they might sneak into a turnover or two, but they'll probably give up 30 points. So um, I'm just, I just wanted to, mostly this whole section is take a look at the Browns, see if they're out there because the Browns are a very strong defensive unit. I agree with you. I want to give you a couple of questions first, going back to a, a top running back call that we had. Do you drop A.J. Dillon or Drake London uh, and use the first wave of wire claim for A.J.? Devon Achan. Hmm. I that that's a tough one. I, I I say no. I hold Pat. I'm not ready to make that move yet, but I could see wanting to drop AJ Dillon, assuming Aaron Jones is coming back. AJ Dillon just has not looked good, but you do have. I, I feel like the AJ Dillon's still going to get more touches a game. He was, he's not going to be able to do as much with them. I'm curious to see your opinion on this because I wouldn't drop Drake London either. No, um, I'm holding on to Drake London. That's what I said. I am dropping AJ Dillon uh, okay, I, at this point. I I feel confident that there is not going to be a pop-off game for him. And I think there are opportunities, no matter if I think Raheem Mostert is a starter, and I do, there is an opportunity that if Mostert were to go down, he has plenty of injury history, this is a guaranteed running back, too, with the explosiveness he has in that offense. I would pick up uh, Devon H. Yeah, that's where I was. I mean, I was leaning. If you are going to drop one of the two, I would lean Dylan over London. This is a tough question, and and I think it's fair to say, blah, I don't want to do any of it, but do you play Roshan Johnson, Khalil Herbert, or Ezekiel Elliott in half-point PPR? Again, Ezekiel Elliott, revenge game against the uh, Cowboys from the Patriots, and then the uh, the Browns, sorry, the Bears are going against the Broncos in what could be a Brown kind of game uh, for for people's attitudes, (laughs) for fantasy (laughs) managers. I'm not not sure. It it won't be fun. Yeah, um, I'm actually playing uh, Roshan Johnson, I think. I think I do too. Uh, because look at what Denver's defense just did to the running backs. 
Uh, Roshan Johnson has, I will agree, I don't know where our weekly Roshan Johnson shout-out guy is. but um, Oh, he's here. Don't worry. Oh, he's, he's here. Okay. Talking. Yeah, I yes. was, no, I was going to say uh, uh, he has uh, he has looked better in uh, in terms of the eye test there than uh, than anybody else in that backfield here. And uh, I think Ramondre is going to be up for a, a much bigger game than Zeke this week. So it's Roshan for me. Uh, two more comments here. In a super flex league, I did I did suss this out as super flex. Do you trade Mahomes and get back Devonta Adams, Baker Mayfield, and uh, Jameer Gibbs? Did he say what else he's got sitting at quarterback? No. Uh, I asked what was available in the waiver wire and did not get a response. So I'm assuming not good. But you could pick up probably Jamison Winston uh, or James Jameis Winston or maybe even Andy Dalton possibly. I don't think I'm doing that. I don't think I was either. I said no, uh, not in Superflex. If it was regular. Because Devontae's already getting frustrated with that situation. Uh, Baker's Baker. um, And I don't trust the Lions to use Gibbs right. So I'm with you. Uh, On the surface, yes. Those all look like great players and a great three for one. And if the rest of your team is completely, uh, you know, just decimated and you have to make that move, then maybe. But um, there are small red flags enough with that. And the value of Mahomes and Superflex is absolutely insane. Yeah, I agree. And then final question, do you trade Derrick Henry and Brandon Ayuk, who missed Thursday's game but should be back healthy, for CeeDee Lamb and Alvin Kamara? I want the CeeDee Lamb and Alvin Kamara side, I think. That's a really hard This spot. might be your last chance to jump ship on Henry while you can. Yeah, yeah no, I, I agree. Uh, I, I, if, I mean, I, um, I, 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 I own Henry in a couple of leagues. And if I got an offer similar to that, I, I, w- I would be willing to unload. Yeah, it might make me look stupid, but I'd rather I'd rather cut bait early than uh, you know have him suck up my starting lineup spot the entirety of the year, dealing with turf toe, playing forty percent of the snaps. He hasn't. He used to lead the league in broken tackles. I don't know the exact step. But I don't think he's forced one missed tackle all year long. Something's up there. So I think you're going to be able to get Kamara cheaper in a couple of weeks. Um, Especially if Derek Carr is is, is not playing, because uh, I don't think so, James Winston's checking checking down much. But I'm I'm not certain about Brandon Ayuk. I mean, I wrote about it in the Rotowire magazine that he was probably one of my biggest fades uh, at his fourth or fifth round value. Made me look awful in week one. Yeah. Uh, but since then, he hasn't been super involved. Well, the Niners' offense is so good, though, and you know Dak Prescott isn't always looking at Ceedee Lamb either. It's been inconsistent issues mm-hmm. with him too. Yeah. My principle number one, whenever you're looking at um, the best player, yeah, best player in the deal, whenever we're answering, asking expert questions, you know, all about this, whenever we get a thing on Twitter, the very first thing I think of is, okay, who's the best player in the deal? And I'm automatically going to gravitate to that side if the deal is anywhere close. The best player in this deal is CeeDee Lamb. It is. Yep. So I agree with you. Go ahead. Uh, I would would take the Lamb and Kamara side. And, you know, Kamara's kind of a crapshoot, but, you know, yeah, I I would be ready to cut bait on those uh, couple of shares here and, and be finished there. Cool. All right. Well, that does it for us uh, on this edition of the World War NFL podcast. Of course, back in next week, Jake and Joe edition. A little bit later on, though, Jake's going to be on a bit of vacation, enjoying some Vegas sun. Uh, I'm still I'm still here next I know, week. I said you oh. and I are back next week, but a little yes. bit later on, we'll have a special uh, guest uh, for when that happens. Jake will be uh, enjoying the luxury of, of uh, Vegas. Yeah. And everything I'll else be live on the scene watching the Packers in uh, the desert. Yeah, that'll be fun. All right. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening, and best of luck to your fantasy lineups.